though, right? So Nice, what up? Chief fella, what up? The shark, what up? Yeah, 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 yeah. The block, we can't cut into a boss, man. Wise guy, how we talk? Don't care what it's costing. We floss it, extortion. We never got into a boss, man. We really ran through these streets, man. Family first, how we eat? All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know what time it is. That's right. Another edition of the Fan in the Van podcast. I said I wouldn't discuss until the decision was made. And boy, oh boy. 11 games, 5 million, which is the most anybody in the NFL has ever been fined. But are the games enough? Has been the question. Since the decision came out early in the day yesterday, there's been a lot of, he deserves a second chance. Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the shit Browns, has come out and says, well, you know, Dick Watson deserves a second chance. While quarterback busts like RG3 have come out and he's furious about it. Well, this is what was going to happen regardless of the decision. Whether he got 11 games or he got a full year. Or he, or they kept it at the six games and no fine. Regardless, I think this was going to be the end result. Where you're going to have a certain percentage that is like, ah, whatever it is, what it is. You know, he, he's going to still play regardless. And then you have the other percentage, which is Jimmy Haslam and, and company, where they think he deserves a second chance. And then you have the guys like RG3 and, and everybody in his corner saying he doesn't deserve a second chance. I honestly watched him in his interview yesterday, and he still maintains his innocence. You have got to be the biggest fucking schmuck on wheels I've ever seen. Because how are you innocent if you shelled out all this money in settlements? Innocent people don't pay. They fight. They don't pay. They just don't open up the checkbook willingly, except to the lawyer, to pay the lawyer to fight for their innocence. Okay? You don't sit there and pay 26 plus friggin' women X amount of dollars because you're innocent. No. You you pay a lawyer to fight for you. And you don't give them a dime if you're so innocent. But you're not innocent. You're guilty as fuck. We've discussed that at length. Guilty is as guilty as is guilty. And now for 11 games, you lose out on the quarterback that Cleveland, as always, because Cleveland's always going to Cleveland, all right? You yet again will be the laughingstock of the NFL. If you think because they have such an easy schedule, that means they're going to be in the top three in the AFC North, need I remind you, they will not be. Okay? If you think they're going to win the AFC North with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, or do you really think they're going to go make a dumb trade again and go get Jimmy Garoppolo for 11 games to them what? Offload them? That's not going to happen. Cleveland ultimately fucked Cleveland. 
is what they did. You had a decent quarterback in Baker Mayfield. And I understand, you know, the, the rumors and the reports were he was hard to work with. He was immature. But he didn't come with this baggage in a way that Watson showed up in Cleveland with. And it makes you think. Who really won in all of this? And I hate to say it, Baker won. And you're going to sit there and go, how did Baker Mayfield win? Because he got out of a shit situation that, in, in all honesty, was going to get shittier in Cleveland. Cleveland can't get it right. They'll never get it right. You could have Deshaun Watson. Let's put it this way. Deshaun Watson is just a minute, better version of Baker Mayfield. Okay? If you look at their stats, okay, they will pretty much be identical. And the only reason why Watson has better stats is because for his whole time in Cleveland, who did he have there? Oh, that's right. DeAndre Hopkins. End of story. That's the only reason why Deshaun Watson looks so great is because he could throw it up and Watson with his vice grip fucking hands could grab anything. Okay? Bottom line. Bottom line. But when the NFL allowed this Harvey guy to, to hear the appeal and he was the one that was going to make the decision... Part of it was that there were settlement talks with the NFL. There was this talk. There was that talk. And honestly, I think that's what impacted it. And is Roger Goodell happy about all this? I don't know because I haven't heard a response from Roger Goodell yet. But I also read that they could still tack on more games. That, that it actually could be longer. But who really knows? I think this is, I think this is the best we're going to get. An 11-game suspension. And then week 13, Watson gets to come back. And of course, you couldn't write up the storyline any better if you're the NFL who loves the drama almost as bad as, as people love soap operas like Days of Our Lives and One Life to Live and fucking General Hospital. You couldn't write this script better. Watson comes back to where? Houston. For the... Former Texan quarterback comes back to comes back to Houston with his brand new team, the Cleveland Shitstains, and let's see what happens. But like I said in past episodes, there's gonna be somebody in this league who feels that his suspension is is not what it should be, and somebody is gonna take a shot at him. They're gonna take one. And they're going to risk a fine. And they're going to risk a suspension to send the point home to Goodell that, again, the NFL has dropped the ball. Okay, let's go over it again for the umpteenth time. Calvin Ridley, $1,500 bet. Year-long suspension. Again, did he hurt anybody? Nope. Did he have 26-plus sexual allegations against him? No. Martavius Bryant. Indefinitely suspended for marijuana. Did he hurt anybody? No. Okay. Let's look at Darren Waller. Substance abuse. 16 games. 16 games. Again, was anybody assaulted to, to anybody's recollection? Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, who else was that? Josh Gordon. 
Okay? Weed. 20-plus games. Did he hurt anybody? Nope. Even in, even in the Aaron Rodgers scenario where the NFL says that the hallucinogens he took doesn't violate the NFL policy as far as the, the, the drug policy, I, 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 uh, I, I honestly don't understand how, how it doesn't. And when you openly admit it, they said because it wouldn't show up in, in a drug test because it wears off. So does weed. Weed, wet, weed is out of your system. I, I understand it takes longer because it's got to break down or whatever the fuck else, whatever scientific bullshit goes with it, okay? But, again, Watson sexually assaulted 26 women. And mind you, I think people would agree he deserved a second chance if he had just admitted and said, I need the help I need to get, so I'll take the 11-game suspension, plus I'm not playing the rest of the year, okay? I was listening to my buddies at 1420 Sports, one of their newest episodes yesterday, actually two of their newest episodes, and they brought up the whole thing with, with Dave when he posted the $30 million fine and then, uh, you know, mutual friend of ours, the level, the level of playing field sports podcast, you know, and the whole CBA thing, and there's a fine limit, and how Dave was, you know, misunderstood and all of it. And it was something I kind of explained the other day, where it was, okay, if you don't suspend him this year, but you suspend him all of next year, then it would, in essence, out of pocket, be around $30 million. So I think that's where kind of he was going with it. And I think if they I think if the NFL did that, you would have to deal with the spectacle all year long. But you know that in the following year, this guy's gonna get financially fucked up the ass, but now he's not. And people could sit there and say, Well, you know, Jim, he did pay all these women. But yeah, but how much did he pay? We don't know. We don't know. That hasn't been made knowledgeable to the public yet. So we don't know. And will we ever know? Who knows? But the bottom line is, at the end of the day, to me, you want my honest opinion? 11 games ain't enough for this motherfucker. That I can tell you. Okay? It is not enough. Okay? Because what people aren't looking at is those 26 women, okay? They're daughters to somebody. They're a wife to somebody. A girlfriend. A, a niece. A, a, a goddaughter, whatever their situations in life. And that's what nobody's looking at. Everybody's just looking at poor Deshaun Watson. And we're guilty of it too. Because that's all we're talking about is Deshaun Watson. But I've in other episodes have, have expressed my, my sides about all 26 women and how maybe they should be heard. Whether they want to be heard or not is, is their choice. But it would be interesting to hear what really happened in these massage rooms. You know, is it as bad as it was or is it far worse? But regardless, this man needs help. And the fact that you could go out on TV and maintain your innocence is so asinine when you're nowhere near guilty. That's like OJ saying he's afraid to go to L.A. because he's afraid he'll run into the real killer of his wife. 
What? When half the world thinks OJ did it, all he has to do is look in the mirror and, re and say hello to the killer every friggin' day. Well, what? You don't live in mirrors in your fucking house? But this is what the NFL is. The NFL, at the end of the day, they concede. They concede to the worst situations and just do this. Slaps on the wrist for the most egregious things. But the most minute things, it's let's throw the book at you. I don't I don't understand. I never understood their suspension policies of how they come up with these ridiculous numbers for the dumbest things. But then guys like Greg Hardy and and, and uh, Ray Rice. Ray Rice gets a two-game suspension for fucking Miyagi kicking and fucking flash lightning punching his fucking fiance in an elevator. Kareem Hunt, I forget what his was, but at least Kareem Hunt in his situation went and got help. Okay? He at least went and got help. Deshaun Watson sitting there and saying, I didn't do nothing wrong. I'm innocent. If that's not the act of entitlement because you're an NFL superstar and you make all this money so you can just sit there and speak as you please on national TV makes you look more like a jerk off than ever before. I'm sorry. You can agree with my assessment of the situation and you could disagree with it. But when you look at it being you know being as an outsider with no I'm trying to think of a word, but regardless, looking at the situation as an outside party, okay? And you could sit there and say, the only reason why I'm bashing this is because I can't stand the Cleveland Browns. Because the Cleveland Browns are the dumbest organization ever, and they'll never be anything. And because they're in the same division as your precious Pittsburgh Steelers. No, that's not why Cleveland gets bashed. Cleveland does enough on their own for all of us to bash them. Okay? And making this trade is one of them! Knowing it was going to be a shitstorm of bullshit. Knowing... Knowing he wouldn't be able to play for almost half the year. Okay? But one thing Cleveland did get right in his trade is they financially saved themselves in the year in which he gets suspended. So they did outsmart everybody in that. But you traded away half your future. You lost a quarterback who had minimal baggage at best for a guy who came with fucking luggage that he that he can't even put he'd have to have a separate fucking plane for all his baggage and yet let's give him this big fat contract because he sat out in Houston because he didn't like the way things were going and and in that situation okay you know he wanted he wanted an impact on who the coach was going to be and and the GM and Houston promised him that and then they pulled the you know a little, you, you know, a little switcheroo, and it's like, ah, yeah, nope, we already got the GM. Oh, well, we, well, hey, we got you a black coach and Dave Cooley, who sucked as a coach, but hey, we got you what you wanted. Is that going to make you happy? Nope. Nope. But again, this is the problem now in the NFL. 
It's a problem across all of all sports is entitlement. And speaking of that, let's get into the NBA. Kevin Durant the other day says, well, if I don't get a trade, then I'll retire. Who gives a shit? That's such, this is the problem. Everybody said, and then people are taking shots at him on Twitter and he's firing back like he's right in what he says. No, you're acting like a soft bitch. That's what you're acting like. You're in the NBA. You signed the contract for four years to play with the Brooklyn Nets. Honor it. Honor the deal you signed. Honor the commitment to the team that you signed with. And stop acting like a bitch. This is the problem in the whole NBA. They act like nothing but a bunch of little fucking children who if they don't get their way, they throw little temper tantrums till the owners and GMs give in and give them what they want. And I said this weeks ago that the Nets are going to ask for the most ridiculous package back to make Kevin Durant's life miserable. To the fact where if he's to the fact where either he's going to have to pay to sit out because you're going to have to fine him if that's even in the NBA in the NBA's collection uh, collective bargaining agreement who the hell knows or he's going to have to play if he retires who's going to want you and it was funny cuz when I was listening to 1420 sports yesterday David mentioned how, you know, all three of them, Harden, Westbrook, and Durant, you know, they all could have won a ring together in Oklahoma, but they were all too busy running away, chasing rings all by themselves, and Durant's the only one with it, and I mentioned that the day before. And, you know, since all three have left, out of the three of them, I'll give Durant credit. He's been the most successful of the three. Because he got his ring in, in Golden State. But what has happened since? He, I, he, he wanted to escape the, the, the Steph Curry shadow in order to win a ring on his own with a team built around him. And when that doesn't happen because of an unfortunate COVID pandemic or unfortunate injuries that occur to either him, Kyrie, or Harden... All of a sudden now, it's the team's not going in the right direction. But yet again, Kyrie and KD recruited each other to go to Brooklyn. KD was all in on them trading for James Harden. Now all of a sudden, the guy that the, the guy he couldn't stand in Oklahoma, and then the guy that he had issues with at the beginning of this past NBA season, all of a sudden, that's the guy he's going to for advice on how to get out of Brooklyn? Really? You know what? I'm so, I'm so sick of even talking about the NBA. And the next topic before I go is going to be even sicker. The fu- Oh, the New York Yankees. Oh, God. You win one the night before in grand fashion. Literally grand fashion. The rainmaker, Josh Donaldson, walk off grand slam. Okay? It's like the third truest walk-off Grand Slam in Yankee history. All right? And then last night, they go out and do squat. The last, the, the game against Tampa the night before the Grand Slam, Aaron Hicks was absolutely atrocious. Aaron Hicks 
needs to go. I'm sorry. He needs to go. I figured if he was healthy again and he was consistent, he'd have a good year. He's out there in the outfield. He doesn't know how to judge where the fly ball is. He's out there. He's out there like a like fucking pina colada mix spinning in a fucking blender. I don't know where it is. And then plop. There we go. And there's a double. The pitching has sucked. I get that. I said that we should have went and got Frankie Montas. But we didn't have to trade Jordan Montgomery. And look at Montgomery now. Three starts in St. Louis. Motherfucker looks like friggin' Nolan Ryan. You can't make it up. You just can't make this shit up. And this is the time, again, where the Yankees cannot be doing this. And it makes you question now the whole offseason. Yes, they fell short. I've been saying it. But because they were winning and they were dominating everybody and they had this huge lead, we kind of put a blinder on to they had a weak offseason. But now, this is the result of it. The here and the now. The here and the now. This is not the same Yankee team that started the year, that went into the all-star break being the number one ranked team. It is not the same team. It is not. And that lead's only dwindling more. And these games against Tampa and Toronto are the games you need to win. Not just win two out of three, three out of four. You needed to sweep both series to increase the lead. Because this lead is not safe anymore. People are calling for Aaron Boone's head. Maybe Aaron Boone is not the guy. Maybe he's not. Maybe this running out, arguing balls and strikes. Maybe that shtick has come to an end. Doesn't matter how many great sound bites he gives you to make a fucking t-shirt. I don't care. You know what I care about? In October, and I'm seeing game four, game five, game six, or game seven in the World Series. And the New York Yankees are holding the World Series trophy. Whether it's at Yankee Stadium, or it's in fucking LA, or if it's at friggin' City Field, or if it's at fucking Truist Bank fucking stadium. I don't give a shit where it is. That's what us Yankee fans want this year. But yet, we're not going to get it. Not with this team, not with this pitching staff, not with this abysmal hitting. You know, the fact that they're calling these young kids up now, to me, is too late. The, the fact that, again, the moves you should have made in the offseason, they didn't make. You could give me, yeah, we re-signed Anthony Rizzo, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but you trade away Urshela for Josh Donaldson, who's been subpar at best. Let's be honest. Subpar at best. And I get Giovanni Urshela was not a household name. But guess what? He was one hell of a damn Yankee. That I could say. You know, I understand, you know, we lucked out with getting Jose Trevino in the trade from, from the Rangers after we traded Sanchez in that deal with Urshela. And then we got their catcher from Minnesota, who's yet to play a fucking game on the main stage yet. Okay? And then you have Garrett Cole going out there, pitches a dominant game, and they can't score. Then you have Nestor Cortez going out there holding his own, and they can't score. It's the same old story. And when does it end? When does it end? 
And you could sit there and say, well, Stanton's going to start rehab next week. And Severino's been throwing bullpen sessions. And, you know, he's feeling no discomfort. Yeah. That's just a small shock to the system when, when they come back. Yeah, they'll make an impact, but it's not going to be as big as you think. Stanton's might be bigger than Severino's, but I have no faith in Severino coming back and then being the Severino we expected him to be. Because he is not a number two. At this point, Severino's not even a three, a four, or a five. Okay? And it sucks to say that because the kid's got some electric shit and he's always hurt. You know, when it comes to the Yankee offseason this year, Hal Steinbrenner has a lot to contend with. One of the things he has to contend with is, does he keep Cashman as the GM, or does he go out and do the unthinkable and replace Cashman with, let's say, Oakland's Billy Bean? Think of what Billy Bean can do with an actual payroll. Think about it. I would bring I would give Billy Bean a shot at being the Yankee GM. Call me crazy, I would do it. I would do it. I would fucking do it. And I think that's what they need to do. I'm not saying Cashman needs to be fired from the team. You could put Cashman in another role, but let Billy Bean be the GM. Okay, because we've seen over the years where Oakland has brought in guys who have become big names and then they've been pillaged out of Oakland because Oakland can't pay them. I mean, Johnny Damon's one, Jason Isringhausen's another, uh, Jason Giambi. I mean, there's plenty of them. Carlos Pena, for those who think Carlos Pena was only on the Tigers, Wrong. Carlos Pena started as an Oakland Athletic and got traded in his rookie year to Detroit. Okay? For probably two minor leaguers and for Dave Dombrowski, who was the GM at the time, to pay for the sodas in Oakland for the next three years. Okay? That's probably how that deal went down. Okay? At least that's how it went down in Moneyball. All right? That's what I would do if I'm the Yankees. I think we need to move on from Cashman as the GM because it's the same old story with the same old ending and everybody's sick and tired of reading that fucking book. But with that being said, I got to take care of some stuff here at work. So, you know, again, as always, to everybody that follows and retweets, listens, you know, especially my buddies at 1420 Sports who their two-year anniversary is coming up. So make sure you give them a listen because they're one hell of a podcast. Also, check out my buddies at Level the Playing uh, Playing Field Sports Podcast, Average Joe Sports Podcast, Nate's Daily Wagers, Sports Bliss with Rob and Chris. Uh, check out Recliner King Sports Podcast as well. Uh, if you're into pro wrestling, definitely check out uh, my buddy on Twitter. His handle's Bray Wyatt, 20, uh, Bray Wyatt Fan 24. Um, people keep asking, where can I hear Fan in the Fan podcast? It's on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, Good Pods, all over the place. We're on, we're on Odyssey now. We're on Newsly, Google Podcasts, anything with a podcast, you name it. Chances are Fan in the Van is going to be on there. So make sure you check out this episode and all other past episodes as well. Um, a lot of things are going to be coming in the future. Uh, again, 
me and my buddy Brandon are going to be doing one soon. I just got to pick a date. And then we're going to do, uh, I, I'm thinking towards the end of the preseason of the NFL. And then we're going to go over certain things as far as his team, the Ravens, and my team, the Steelers, and, you know, over, under on wins, and whatever else. So stay tuned for that. And I'll be back Monday where hopefully we're talking about Yankees winning baseball and not this abysmal piece of shit we've been watching. So to the next one, stay safe. And as always, peace.